Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, the founder of the Dream Chasers platform, and thank you for tuning into our content. We've got some phenomenal creators making a name for themselves on this platform, and we just want to say thank you for going on this journey with us. It's been a lot of fun over the past few years, and hey, we're just getting started. We would also like to take this moment to shine light on our sponsor, Raise Masters, the number one mastermind for elite capital raisers. To learn more about Raise Masters, you can go to raisemasters.com. That's raisemasters.com. And again, thank you for investing your most valuable resource with us, your time. Now kick back and enjoy the show. information provided on this podcast is intended to be educational and informational only and is not considered to be formal legal advice. The listener should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Any listener in need of legal opinion upon which to rely in decision-making should consider formally engaging an attorney to review relevant facts in detail and examine the pertinent law as it applies to those facts. So, you've decided you want more out of your life, more than the nine to five more than paycheck to paycheck, more than lifelong debt. But that leaves questions. Where do I go from here? What can I do without any money, connections, or experience? Our goal is not only to provide you with answers to those questions, but also to motivate people in an authentic way, mentor people who don't have mentors, give back, and hear some inspiring stories along the way. If you're not gonna show people what's possible, who is? My name is Aaron Eiler. And I'm April Munson. And, and this, this is Ground Zero. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Dream Chasers Ground Zero. Today we have with us Melanie Spring. Melanie, would you mind sharing with us just a little bit about who you are and what you do? And then we'll follow that up with the story of your personal Ground Zero moment. Absolutely. Yes. Hi, I'm Melanie Spring. I'm an international keynote speaker and brand strategist. I help humans start revolutions. I love that. I really do. I've been like, I've been doing a lot of research in, uh, in preparation for this and I've just loved the energy off of the website and everything that I've found. So the, you know, just the verbiage and everything, but we'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> anyway, um, now would you just mind sharing with us the story of what you consider your personal ground zero moment and some of the things that you learned from that to help you get to where you are today? Absolutely. I have a bunch of them, but I'll share my favorite. <laughs> so I've, I've definitely not had tons and tons of just success stories. A lot of those, oh shit moments. So <laughs> that would be what I call it, the ground zero moment. So mine actually, my most recent one was five years ago. And I was in, in a space where I had broken up with my boyfriend and I was really sad. And a friend of mine showed me a little thing that she went to do in Bali. It was a yoga retreat. And I was like, I've never been on a yoga retreat, let alone ever to Bali. That sounds amazing. And she said it was one of the most transformational things I've ever done. And I was like, I'm doing that. Sounds great. What I didn't realize was I was also pretty miserable in my own business. And I had had a branding agency for eight years and was like, yeah, I think taking off some time would be a really smart idea for me. So I left my team, I left my life, and I went away for two weeks. And while I was gone, I realized that my team hadn't been doing anything while I was gone. And I started finding more about myself. So I had to do a whole bunch of work while I was in Bali, which was not the plan. It was not at all the plan. And so I got home and was just like, huh, this is an interesting space to be in where I don't love my business anymore. It's been eight years since I started it. I basically had created a job for myself, which 
nobody really wants a job if they're an entrepreneur. So then I also had a, a relationship that had ended that I thought was going to be marriage. I really honestly thought this was going to be like the best thing ever. And it didn't end badly. It ended in a fight, but it wasn't like a bad relationship. So I'm like, what is wrong with my life right now? So while I was there, I ended up doing a little visualization and took some time to really understand like, what is wrong with me? Like what's going on with me that everything's falling apart. And by the time I got home, I started really manifesting the life I wanted. I shut down my branding agency, started being a full-time speaker. I met a guy a couple months later and we're now married almost three years now. And so everything that I had planned five years in the future happened within the next eight months. And so that was a huge moment for me to hit rock bottom and just go, what the heck am I going to do and get out of my own comfort zone, find a new space and start fresh. I love that. Uh, first of all, congratulations. Um, but also, um, I mean, I found that just that change of environment and moments of stress can be so powerful. Um, mm-hmm. I had that, you know, first recommended to me by a mentor a little while back, um, a little bit about me. I just graduated from college here a little bit over a month ago. So um, right after that, uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, right after that, I had a mentor more or less convince me to take a trip. He was like, dude, I don't care where you go. I don't care what you do. Just get up and go somewhere. He's like, get out, go decompress and really just kind of now, now think about what you want to do from here on. And I mean, it was very kind of similar in a sense to the trip that you had uh, with a little bit less of the uh, relationship stuff, but yeah. um, to just kind of get out and like try and process where I want to go from here and the things I want to accomplish and how I want to continue moving forward. And, you know, that was extremely beneficial to me. And um, I recommend that to anybody here tuned in that is potentially dealing with something similar right now. Um, But yeah. So just looking at the, some of the information that I had prior to us being able to get connected today was that you call yourself the chief visionary of your company. And then I just kind of wanted to ask a little bit about where the inspiration for that title came from as well as some of the inspiration for this new path and new company that you founded? Yeah. So for five years, the last five years, I've, since I closed my branding agency, I called my company Melanie Spring Productions because I didn't know what else to call it. I'm like, it's just basically me. I don't know. I'm going to be a speaker and I have a team, but I, I don't want to work for anybody, even my own company. So when I decided to call the company something, I realized I was building something much bigger than just myself. I wasn't just building a branding agency again. I wasn't building a speaking agency again. I do speaker training, but that's not exactly what I do. So I was starting to do the whole like, okay, I'm kind of like a personal development slash CEO coach slash life coach person mixed with a speaker trainer, mixed with a brand strategist who also does speaking. And it's like, okay, how do you explain that to people? And I was sitting at a coffee shop with my husband in Denver and we were just like having a conversation. And I looked at him and I'm like, I think I came up with a name, Confidencia. And he's like, Ooh, that's fun. Where did that come from? I'm like, I don't think it's a word actually. I think it's, so I did confidence mixed with abundancia, which means abundance in Spanish. And so the comp like abundant confidence, like how fun would that be? And as I was thinking about titles, I was like, I don't want to be the CEO necessarily. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not the CEO type, I guess. And so I started thinking of the fact that I'm really just a visionary for people. I see a vision for humans that I work with, the rebels that we work with. I also see a vision for a better future. And since I am the visionary in my business, I'm not the person who does everything. 
I'm the person who's setting the big dream and the big vision for us to go toward. I decided to be the chief visionary instead. No, I love that. And I feel like, um, I mean, just in that story, like it reminds me a lot of myself with, um, you know, a few of the people that I've worked with so far and just like um, some of the ideas that I've had, a lot of people have kind of like looked at me funny in a way that like I can picture just about everything, but I don't always know how to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's where like uh, kind of very similar to the way you just explained, like I'm not necessarily doing everything, but I have this vision and I have this idea and I have this place that I want to take us all to but I need your help to get there. And I just think that's so powerful. And I think and it's just one little slight change in verbiage, you know, mm-hmm. where there's like this weird stigma around like CEO lingo type stuff. And I, and I right. just like the change of pace really. But um, switching gears here, I know that um, in a little bit of my research prior to this interview, uh, I found that you started your first company while you were still in college. I do want to ask you about that. As, <laughs> Roughly my primary audience, as well as um, where I just came from. So I kind of wanted to get an idea of what it was like for you at that time. And some of the things that might have stuck with you to what you're doing now. Yeah, I started my first company kind of on accident in college because I'll give you the, the true, true story. The one that's not necessarily published. I, when I was a sophomore in college, I went to a community college and I got in trouble because we were going to be throwing a party at my parents' house and we had a whole bunch of time to kill. So four of us decided to hop in my little car, which like it's an old Dodge charger, but not the fun kind, like the hatchback kind. (laughs) So like it's an eighties Dodge charger. So not the same thing. But anyway, we jumped to the car. We went to this place called Rock City near where I'm from and it was closed. And I was like, I want to go in. So we decided to hop a seven foot fence and get in anyway. So the four of us just got in. We didn't know that the owners lived next door and we're just walking through this property trespassing. We all get arrested, (laughs) like in a lot of trouble for this. And I end up with community service as the thing I need to do because I'm only like 19 So I ended up going to my four-year school right after that, which is where I ended up getting a job as a webmaster. And I asked, I was like, hey, I need to do this community service. Do you guys mind if I like start a website that's like for the students, by the students? Because this is like before Facebook. This is before, this is like my, before MySpace, actually. It's before social media altogether. And so I'm sitting there building this fun little website that, because I've been doing websites since 95. So it's like, this is what I do. And so they, because of all of this community service I was doing, the college was like, who's doing this website for the college? We needed a webmaster. They give me a job for $8.50 an hour part-time to build the website for the college. And then I start getting calls from random people in the, in the area, like Century 21 and all of the different like little realtors and little shops and things. And so I randomly started a business in college. I called get it? E-Springworks. <laughs> because this is when email was literally brand new. So I used to go around building websites and printing them on paper and taking them to my clients for them to mark it up because I couldn't email it to them. <laughs> so that's the story behind the story. I had to do community service, ended up being a webmaster, started my first business. I love that though. I mean, it was obviously a very different time, but at the same time, like it's just a cool story to hear. I mean, just like, I think a lot of people, especially college age, don't really realize that like, I mean, I think this is a prime example that you have skills that are marketable right now and you don't even know it. Well, like in this specific case, like 
you were kind of ahead of the curve with a lot of those things. And mm -hmm. I'm sure like you brought your own unique twist to that, which helps, you know, spice up a college website in, you know, Century 21 and a couple things <laughs> like that. But, um, but no, it's just cool that like you were able to recognize, like I have a skill that Pete, that is sought after, like, mm -hmm. despite the fact that I'm 19, 20 years old and you weren't necessarily afraid to go monetize that. And I just think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what happened here. Uh, I just don't make any money doing it yet. Hopefully. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the way that I kind of like relate to that is like, um, like over time after starting this show, um, which, is, which is a long story in and of itself, I don't necessarily want to get into right now, but um, <laughs> just kind of researching like what I can do to be a better host, a better speaker and communicator. Um, I slowly started to see myself like identifying with those people because like oftentimes when I'm trying to become a better one of those things, I start researching people that do those things. Mm -hmm. And that's where like, you know, I start to relate to those people more because I'm doing what they do more. So okay. then um, obviously that has obviously led us to this conversation. And one of the questions that I had for you is how can we as podcasters, speakers, communicators learn to inspire motivate and bring people together through our voice in our mission? Mm. I typically ask people to put together two lists. So one list is what do I stand for? The other list is what do I stand against? And being able to look at those two lists and pick out what are the things that no matter what, even if people hate me, even if I get a lot of flack for it, or people are like really mean about it, what will I stand for no matter what? And what will I stand against no matter what? And that's the first step in figuring out what your voice is and what you're willing to actually use your voice to share with other people. No, I love that. I mean, I think it's definitely a good start where a lot of people, I know, I know when I was first getting started, it was a lot, it was a, an awful lot of who the hell is going to listen to me? Why in the world am I even doing this? And like, like what exactly is this going to do? Um, where like, thankfully I had a mentor behind me that was kind of like planting seeds, like just kind of saying like, just keep going. Don't worry about that right now. Just do your thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, some of those little, uh, like oversight tips and, um, obviously like from there, you kind of just let me run with it. But, um, but no, I think that like for me personally starting, it was a lot of like something that I was passionate about that a lot of people my age weren't talking about. So that's where like it kind of came in like, you know, what do I stand for? Well, you know, I stand for this and I want more people my age to be talking about this. And I know that there has to be more people out there other than me that are interested in this type of thing. There's no way I'm the only kid out here that wants to talk about what life and success looks like. And obviously that's morphed and shaped a bunch of different times. But um, but no, I think it's it's like one of those little powerful exercises that like, it seems like something so simple to the point that you overlook it when you're thinking like, okay, what do I need to do to outline this message? But it really is just break out a piece of paper, make a T chart. <laughs> exactly. Like, or against that's it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it like, it baffles me every single time I have a conversation like this, that like really the fundamentals of success in, in different rights 
is really just somebody being willing to take the time and get clear on what it is they want to do or say or be. Yeah. And like, it's as simple as writing it down on a piece of paper. But nowadays, I mean, there's uh, this like weird rebellion against delayed gratification and a lot of different things that people don't want to sit and take the time to get clear on those things. And then they try to start with no clear direction. And then they look back in six months and they say, well, why isn't this working? And, and that is if they made it six months. And I think that, you know, you know, I didn't mean to ramble, but, but it's, <laughs> just okay. like, it's one of those things. It's so simple. Right. And, you know, anyway. Um, well, and I would even add to that, the, the for and against, once you start getting into those things, if someone was to ask you a question about it, how far are you willing to go with it? Because some people can, I mean, there's so many things happening in the world right now that even as this comes out, as this goes live, how many more things will have happened between the recording and it going live? And we could say any number of things about all of them, but at the same time, all of them have the same thread. Are we willing to put our voice and put our voice out there about it? And not just from a, I'm going to complain about it, which is what most people do. Like, oh, I'm so mad this happened. I'm like, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. You're going to complain about it. So all you're doing is feeding the negative energy around that thing. You're not actually doing anything positive. If there's no action to it, I don't want to hear about it. If you're going to complain about it and you don't do anything, the the one question I ask all the time is, so what are you going to do about it? Like anyone wants to come, you can complain. I'll give you a container to complain. And then I'm going to ask you, so what are you going to do about it? And if you don't believe that you would do something about it, you just want to speak up about it, not actually do anything, then that's not something you're really standing for or against. You're just complaining. Just letting that simmer for a second. I feel like, I feel like like everybody who does that, that may or may not be tuned in right now knows exactly who they are. I'm just Mm kind of letting that um, sit for a second. But I think that, you know, I think a lot of us today, I mean, something that I've even struggled with, especially with uh, the rise of social media to where it is now, um, a lot of us struggle with, with being ourselves, with being comfortable and safe, with feeling comfortable being, feeling comfortable and safe, being ourselves, uh, or even just knowing who we are in this just vast world of information and opinions. And um, to... Uh, where I'm going with that is what is your advice to someone who feels lost right now, whether that be internally or externally uh, to help them like find themselves and learn to love who they, who they become. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm working on my book right now, which has been fascinating to actually put the stories that are in my head on paper and talk about it. And one of the first things I did when I started doing that was, I took the phrase, just be yourself, because people say that all the time. Oh, just get up on stage and just be yourself or get on the podcast. Just be yourself. And I was like, just be yourself is bullshit. You can't say that to people. Most people don't know who they are. So how are you saying just be yourself to people? That's usually like, okay, but who is that? Who is yourself? How do I know who I am? I don't know who I am. How is it possible for me to just be myself if I don't know that? And so a lot of people are like, well, people don't like me. And it's like, ooh, (laughs) that's something different than just be yourself. Are you willing to put yourself out on the line and be 100% you? And so the first thing I usually ask people is, can you look at your work, your home life, like with your family, your time with your friends, and then out in the community? 
in all four of those areas, where are you not being congruent? Like, are there things that you will do at home that you would never do in public? Are there things you do at work that you would never do at home? And I'm not talking about like, oh, I wouldn't wear yoga pants to work. Okay, fine. Like, I understand that. But do you act differently? Do you say the F word a lot at home, but you would never say that at work? Why? Do you say things like, are you politically one way at work versus politically one way at home? Why? And so looking at the lack of congruence between the four places and thinking, if someone happened to walk up behind you at a grocery store, you're having a conversation with a friend, that person is a potential new client of yours, and they meet you the next day, are they seeing the same person in the grocery store while you're talking to your kids or your friend or whoever you're with as they will see in the meeting the next day? If you're not, that needs to be fixed. And so we find a lot of people who are really themselves with their friends. That's like the one place that they're like, ah, yeah, I'm a hundred percent myself all the time with my friends. I'm like, okay, how do we translate that to the other parts of your life? And the more you can be kind of like in the center, if you have four circles, you put the middle, that's you, you in the center, the more you're in the center of that and not one way or another, the more you, you will always be. And there's no, just, just be yourself because you just are, there's no, I have to figure out who I am. You just get to be. I love that. And I think that that takes all really the, the stress out of the equation, because a lot of that's where you, you sit and you're like, okay, how am I going to act when this scenario presents itself? But that's mm-hmm. what it is. It takes all of that out of it. There's no stirring of the thoughts. There's no anxiety. There's no anything that you're just living it. You're not, there's no acting, right. You don't have to become a persona. And this is what people say to me when I talk about personal brand, they're like, yeah, but I don't have a personal brand. I'm like, yes, you do. Everybody does. But your brand is what everyone else is saying about you, not what you're saying about yourself. So you can't say, well, my brand is this, but other people think it's a different thing. That doesn't really matter. My dad has a personal brand for Christ's sake. Like if, if my dad, his name's Bob Harris, has a personal brand, everybody has a personal brand. Like he shows up in a car suck t-shirt. He'll probably be on a motorcycle. He's 63 years old and he knows who he is. He'll talk about music. He'll talk about construction. He'll talk about motorcycles. That's it. You don't have a conversation. He doesn't ask me how work is. He doesn't want to know. He doesn't want to have a conversation about stuff he doesn't know. He knows who he is and he'll show up in exactly the same. My mother has been trying to get that man out of the clothes that he wears forever, but it's not going to change. 43 years later, there's still, he's still wearing the same stuff, but he's also hundred percent him, no matter where you see him at church with his friends at home with us, like all the same. So if he can have a brand, anybody can, but it's us being able to go, okay, but who am I really? Who do I want to present myself as? And how can I make sure it's as clear and easy to do as possible in every single scenario in my life? Period. I don't have to act anyway. I'm just me all the time. I'm not apologizing about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I think a big part of where, um, a lot of us kind of might get stuck in like wrapping our heads around this idea that like our brand is what everybody else says about us is where like um, things such as like identity and external validation kind of become factors mm-hmm. where like one of the things I always struggle with is, is like identity, for example, where um, for my entire life prior to starting this, this podcasting journey, and there was a little hiatus in between of just stress hairball, but um 
where like I was like my entire life, I identified as, as a basketball player, as an athlete. That's, that's how people knew me. That's how, you know, I talked to people. That's, that's what I am such was <laughs> anyway. And then there was a point in time where that was essentially stripped from me, where I no longer had that title. I no longer had that group. I no longer had those things. And I had no clue who I was, who I was supposed to be or who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the most painful, stressful experiences of my entire life because I had no clue what I was supposed to be doing, seeing any of the sort. I, I was just completely and utterly lost. And like, but in that, like I learned that like with pain comes purpose and that, that pain that I was going through, like looking back on it now was necessary for me to go through to then find this path that I then wanted to go on and pursue and become. And, you know, uh, what I came to realize is that like throughout your life, you're going to take the role of a bunch of different identities. And I have heard this from multiple other people as well. Obviously I'm not exactly that far into it, but, um, anyway, um, who you are today is not who you're going to be 10 years from now or one year from now, or maybe even six months from now. Right. And some identities in your life are actually just going to turn out to be chapters of your life. And Mm -hmm. you're going through that thing at the time to learn a specific thing to become who it is that you're meant to be. And like in realizing that helped me become so much more like grounded in what I was like doing and wanted to be and talk about. And like, I realized that sometimes we just get so caught up, like looking for the answer somewhere else that we forget to listen to the answer internally. And that's where like, um, I brought up like the external validation part of it, because then we're trying to fit the bill of what somebody else says we should be. And we're also kind of losing that who we want to be. Yeah. That's, that's like when people get married and 10 years later, they're like, well, you're not the person I married. It's like, yeah, duh. We're always changing and we're always growing. I had this recent conversation with a couple of my brilliant rebels, which is a retreat I host. And they were talking about how scared they were that when they got back home, because of how much in four days they had completely changed. And they're like, what if I get home and my spouse doesn't want me anymore? What if we start growing in a separate, in separate directions? What if he's not doing the work or she's not doing the work? Then what? What if, what if I'm growing and they're not growing with me? What happens? I'm going to lose them. Maybe I don't want to grow as much. Never mind. I'll keep myself small. Or what if I can't get them to go with me? I lose them completely. That's the thing about being with anybody, having friends, having family. We're all outgrowing each other all the time. Who are we willing to commit to? And can we bring them on the journey with us as we grow? Because we're going to keep changing. It's inevitable. It's who we are. We evolve. That's humanity evolves. And making sure that we have the right people with us on the journey is the key to making sure that we keep getting bigger, not stay smaller. Wow. I mean, and it's so true. I mean, and, and it's difficult sometimes to identify like those people and especially like at like a young age, I mean, I guess it, sometimes it's hard to say that because like I am that, but what I mean essentially is just that like, until you have really kind of grown into like a certain role or 
I guess you could say, identity of yourself. It's very difficult to kind of discern who those people are because you haven't been necessarily in a group long enough to know where you belong, especially because like, like we just spoke about, like a million things are going to change between now and next week. Like, it's so hard to say, this is essentially where I belong and these are my people. But anyway, that's not where I wanted to go with that. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Um, We're having a fun conversation. (laughs) Yeah. So um, one of the things that like that kind of like sparked um, my uh, thought process to was um, when I was, you know, researching for this interview, I saw your um, like intro trailer that's on your website. And in that video, you talked about uh, kind of growing up and feeling like, quote unquote, too much in certain situations. And I did want to ask you to share with us a little bit about that and just kind of give us some of that backstory, if you don't mind. And then um, we could like elaborate on that a little bit further. Yeah, absolutely. So as a kid, I was really tall. Like I've been six feet tall since I was 11. So tall, I was very skinny. I was so too tall and too skinny to something. I was also very fidgety because I have a lot of ideas and I found out later in life that I'm a manifester when it comes to the human design. I don't know if you've ever heard of human design, but it's incredible. It's like a personality kind of thing, but it's all based on who you are and when you were born. And I'm very, very, very fidgety. Like I have lots of ideas. I'm really like, I get all sorts of like information psychically connected in ways that I didn't understand when I was a kid, but I was always asked to sit on my hands because I was always fidgeting with stuff and I couldn't put my hands down. I actually have a mala now, like, but I actually, but you can hear it on the podcast if you're listening, but I actually sit with it and I like, let my fingers go over it because of that. And so when I was growing up, I heard all the time, I'm too loud. I'm too obnoxious. I'm too tall. I'm too skinny. I'm too, whatever. There was always something. And so I was in that actually in Bali And I had heard too much my whole life. And I was just like, well, too much and a lot are the same. They just are phrased differently. So not enough and too much are just opposite ends of the same spectrum. The perfect is in the middle, I guess. I I don't know who put that spectrum together, but I don't really like them. So we, we were talking about how like we have labels that were, were put on us when we were kids and like, what labels do we want to take forward? What labels do we want to leave behind? And I was sitting there thinking like the labels I have are like, I'm a badass. I'm, I'm fun. I'm tall. I'm exciting. I'm interesting. I'm whatever. I came up with a bunch of them and then I heard too much. And I was like, Oh, that's still there somewhere like underneath everything. And so the more I looked at it, the more I was like, I tell people all the time, like you were enough, you are enough. But I kept thinking too much was different than not enough. I'm like, I've never felt like I was not enough. And I'm like, oh, but too much is exactly the same idea. So the more I thought about it, the more I was thinking, there's a lot of people who believe that they're not enough or that they're too much. And how can we look at this differently from a space of go find less? If you don't think I'm, if I, if you think I'm too much, go find less. Elise Myers actually posted about that on TikTok recently, actually. She's like, you think I'm too much? Go find less. Good luck. And I think that that's what I've really come to adopt is the fact that I'm a lot. (laughs) Happily. I really like being a lot. And I'm really, really helpful to other people who aren't able to speak up for themselves. I say the things that they want to say. I do the things that they want to do to show them that they can And learning that not enough and too much are the same thing. It's helped me really understand that, yeah, I am, I am too much for a lot of people. 
And that's really okay. And so this ended up with the idea that a lot of people say, well, I really care what other people think. And I'm just like, but why, why do you care so much what other people think? Why do you care about those labels people give you? Why do you, why do you want to take on the too much or not enough? And they say, well, but I really care about people. I'm like, well, that's the thing. I can care what people, I can, hold on, let me rephrase this. I don't care what people think because I care about people. And that's how it shifts is if I stop caring what people think, it's not because I don't care about people. I care about people so much that I can't care what they think, because if I don't speak truth into them, I don't take my a lot and go into them. I don't take my too much and like pour my life into them, my light, whatever it is that I'm giving them, I'm doing them a great disservice. And if they're not ready for that, that's up to them. That's not up to me. Wow. No, I think that, I mean, that's just so powerful. I think that, you know, there's so many of us that, I mean, how do I want to phrase this? I mean, we're kind of doing that right now, like where so many of us have this like picture in our head and some of us don't and that's okay, but like of, of who we want to be or what we want to do or whatever that thing looks like. And so many of us are sitting here, you know, like thinking about how to get there, but not stepping into that role. And that's where I think that like that not enough too much kind of uh, what are the, what's the scale pendulum? I can't think of what it's yeah. called. Anyway, the, <laughs> where that comes into play that, you know, I think a lot of those like external beliefs and things start to creep in. And a lot of people never step in or pursue that thing because of those, that scale or whatever you want right. to call it. Yeah. I mean, and like in your scenario, like growing up feeling, you grew up feeling like quote unquote too much because people tried to compartmentalize your dreams and made you feel miserable because your calling didn't fit in with their vision of what you should be doing. Right. And like, I think so many of us get caught up in that fact because we don't like, like, I love the point that you made that like, you don't care because you care. And I know that sounds confusing, but it's because like, you care too much right to to not give my gift to them mm-hmm. exactly and that's where you've been able to turn that another like little phrase thing that you can turn that into your power because you can say like i can't listen to that negative stuff because i'm too busy working to be the best that i can be so i can give my gift to somebody who needs it yeah. and that's where you know so many i think of us hit that like roadblock and we like it's like sink or swim in a way where it's like either we're going to choose to stare those people in the face and keep going or we're going to kind of recede back into ourselves and let them dictate who we're going to become right and that's not up to them that's up to us one of the things that um and it sounds so cliche to say it, but one of the things that I've like come to like mutter to myself a lot lately is like trust the process or it's all part of the process or the journey, you know, like, and it's stuff we hear all the time, yeah. but like, I've just come to realize more so recently, like in, in, in hearing a few other people speak about it and, you know, just some scattered conversations that it all really is 
a part of the process. And I'm trying to put more emphasis on just kind of like taking it all in. If like, so what if there's one person watching my YouTube videos right now? So Mm -hmm. what if I'm getting between one and three likes on my LinkedIn or Instagram posts right now? Like I am learning to become who it is that I want to be. And I've just now started to give myself grace for that. Mm. For for the longest time, it was very like, and I've always kind of been hard on myself. And that's some of like the accountability thing, which has been good to a point. It helps me push. It helps me kind of stay on top of some things. But at the same time, like when it becomes an emotional game, too high of a standard will pull you down. And um, what what I'm more or less trying to say is like, so what? if that's where you are right now, don't let that discourage you. It really doesn't like, I'm trying to think of how I want to word this. Like it doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't good enough or, or that no one cares. It just more or less means that you don't have the reach yet to reach the people that do care about whatever it is that you're saying or that you're talking about or that you want to share. And that's where you know, like it all really does play into that. Where like right now I'm going through the trials. I'm going through the things that I need to learn how to do better so that I can reach those people that I can give my gift to or that I can tell my story to and that it is going to affect them and help them in whatever that they're doing or that I can you know, help them in some way, shape or form. Yep. Um, so what I more or less tell people is just keep going where like, that's something that um, I've had ingrained in me through a few different mentors that like, no matter what happens, just keep going. And, um, you know, if that is you right now with like, you know, the low engagement and different things like that, be loyal to those that are following you right now, like show your appreciation for them being there at this step of your journey and, you know, take, struggling with the wording today, but take (laughs) the, um, the, uh, like the opportunity that you have and use that to focus uh, your faith on the next opportunity. Um, you have to like build a belief in yourself that somewhere down the line, a door is going to open up for you and that, and that door may not even exist yet, but you have to believe that it's there and keep walking towards it anyway. And that's where like, that has kind of been like stirring in the back of my mind lately, just that like um, bouncing back on the conversation we just had, like, it's not the belief in, it's not the belief in others that will derail you from like your journey. It's the belief in yourself that will derail you from your journey. And like, that has just been like such a mind blowing thing lately where I'm like really starting to like settle in, like, it's okay where you are yeah and like and it's and it's difficult because like a lot of us like you know I, t- I touched on like delayed gratification earlier where like a lot of us are in a hurry and you know and they're like there's things that I want to do and experience I'm like that's okay but at the same time like I have to grow into this it doesn't just happen overnight and like I said I wasn't really giving myself enough grace for those things mm-hmm. and um you know I didn't necessarily understand that like just because you don't know what you're doing or where you're going right now doesn't mean that you're headed in the wrong direction per se. Right. And I'll give you a little bit of a caveat on that. If I could go back to my recently graduated from college self and tell myself anything, it's that there is no wrong or bad. 
which is really still hard for me at 40, almost two to believe almost 20 years later, more than 20 years later, there also is no wrong path for me and it doesn't have to be hard. So having a mentor tell you to keep going, there is one way of thinking about it, which is just keep going. The other side of that same coin, which is, it's not different. It's not the opposite. It's not like, oh, the opposite of this is different. It's the opposite of the, the other side of the coin is really, how can you make it easy on yourself with grace, with tenderness, which I actually have a tattoo on the outside of my arm that says live grace specifically for this reason. It's to be able to really settle into a space of, I know who I am and I don't have to know exactly where I'm going, but I do see a path ahead and I will keep moving myself forward toward that vision that I have. And I don't have to make it hard. As soon as it becomes hard, I have to stop and I have to sit and I have to be, and I have to be in myself for a moment to tap back into what's the real answer. What's really behind this. Cause like I said, there's no wrong path. There's no wrong way to go. And the more we can sit with ourselves, the more we can handle anything because we're the hardest on ourselves. Like you said earlier, we're the hardest on ourselves. We're the ones who say the shittiest things in our heads to ourselves. Like we're the ones that are like, if we set this stuff in our heads to our best friends, they would smack us for saying it to them, like smack us. But if we get a chance to really settle into like, okay, I'm being hard on myself. I'm having a really hard time. This journey feels really hard. What if I just take a, a step back instead of just keep going? What if I take a step back and I, I settle into just keep being for now and see what comes up because we have the answers inside of us. And if I could go 20 years back, which I graduated from college 20 years ago this year, which made me feel really old. I was like, okay, great. But I would go back 20 years and say, stop doing so much and just be. And the more I settled into just being, the more people showed up to go, what are you doing? What's going on? Tell me more. I want to hear because there seems to be like an energy about this being thing that you're doing, which is so different than the rest of the world where it's like, get up and go, get up and go, hurry, hurry, hustle, hustle, keep going, keep going. I think just keep being might be a little more in line with what I would recommend. Absolutely. I love that. Um, I think that, you know, so many of us, especially like at this point in our lives, like we're really just stepping into our first professional role or or like the the very beginning of our professional lives. And for the first time, like we're dealing with some like culture shock right now. We're dealing with being on our own for the first time in some cases, paying our first bills, doing some different things that we've never done before. And, you know, realizing that there isn't anybody here to take care of us anymore. And, you know, we have to realize like, how do I take care of myself? Like, what do I need if it's not going to be provided for me from somewhere else anymore? And I think that, you know, like you just mentioned, like we are the hardest on ourselves and being able to allow yourself to just be and listen to yourself, um, you know, like, I'm trying to think how I want to word that, like listening to your, to your body, to yourself, tell you, you know, what you need from you is like such a powerful thing so that not only can you show up for yourself, but so you can show up for other people. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I anyway, agree. Amen. <laughs> uh, no, no. I love that. I love when the guests agree because it actually makes me sound like I said something smart. So <laughs> you'll have to listen to that one again. It was good. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, anyway. Um, 
in kind of closing this up, I know you have a probably busy day. So um, just uh, the question that I always like to ask the guests kind of before we wrap things up, which you might've actually already just answered it, but I'm kind of curious if I get a different answer now that I'm asking it um, <laughs> is, is if you could go back in time and have a conversation with yourself during your ground zero moment. And you were just speaking about uh, talking to your college age self. So if we're talking to your ground zero age self, yeah. technically that's two different times. Anyway, okay. if you could go back and have that conversation with yourself, what do you think you would say in that conversation? Oh, if I could go back to five years ago, I would say, guess what? It happens so much better than you expect. It happens way quicker than you expect. And you find out that it doesn't have to be hard. In fact, it's actually ridiculously easy and you get to help other people do exactly what you've done in their own way. And you're really magical. So keep going. I love that. I love that. And I think that like, you know, it's so powerful just because like you really do kind of like lay it out that, you know, it, it's not difficult you're just making it difficult because you're overthinking it because you're bringing in all this outside stuff and preventing yourself from being who it is and what it is that you want to be and become. And because you're getting filters from everyone else about it too. Every, I mean, I, for 20 years, I can tell you, I would ask everyone else, like when I was making a basic decision, I would be like, what do you think about it? What do you think about it? What do you think about it? What do you, but then I would like get married and move across the United States without telling anybody like, (laughs) I would make huge decisions. I jumped out of an airplane. I didn't tell anyone until after I was done, but little decisions like, so what do you think I should do about this in my business? Like, should I hire this person? What do you think about them? I was, I can trust my own intuition. I know who I am. I know what I, what I need. And I know that my intuition is always on point. The problem is, is I never knew that I had intuition to really tell me anything. And as soon as I tapped into that, it was like fireworks every time. I'm always making the right decision, no matter what, even if it's like the hardest or the weirdest or the like, what the heck were you thinking? I'm always making the right decision. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's always going to feel like the right decision because you're making the right decision to you. You're not making a decision that somebody else said you should do. And then coming back and saying, well, I made that decision, but it doesn't feel right because I don't necessarily agree with it, but they said I should. Right. Exactly. Don't let people shit on you. Perfectly worded. Perfectly worded. Anyway, um, I will go ahead and start wrapping this up. I just want to say thank you so much for being willing to come on today. Uh, I'm really glad we were able to make this happen. We did have a little bit of a miscommunication the first time around, but we still made it happen. Yay! I'm so glad that we were able to, um, you know, have this conversation. So much value packed in here. So just thank you so much for being willing to come on and share your story and your experiences with me, as well as anybody who's tuned in here today. If anybody were to wish to follow up and get in touch with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Google Melanie Spring with no S at the end, just like the season. It's easy. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much again for sharing. Uh, Everybody who's tuned in here today, go follow up, reach out to her. She's amazing. If you couldn't tell from this conversation already. (laughs) So thank you so much again, Melanie. Everybody who's tuned in here today, always remember this is Dream Chasers Ground Zero. And there's nowhere to go from here. But uh, thanks again, Melanie. Thank you.